Hey guys, it's Shelby. It's Rob. And we're here with another episode of Candid Conversations. We're here with Robert Gallegos today of District I, just having a candid conversation on animal welfare. We really appreciated what he had to say as far as his already involvement in um, different animal issues. He is the incumbent for the position, so that kind of he's got a different perspective than some of the people we've sat down with. He's worked with several rescues already, like Barrio Dogs, and he's involved with Unity for Solutions and Big Fix Houston. So he's definitely already on the side of animal welfare. And hope you enjoy this. Thanks so much. Hi everyone, we are here with council member Robert Gallegos of District I just having an open conversation on animal welfare. So first off, thank you so much for coming with us today and just- You're welcome. Yeah, and Thanks. again, we want to stress that he's not our council member, so we just, we really appreciate that. Thank you for the invite. Absolutely, so to start, can you just tell us your background on, mm. what, on animal welfare? Well, um, again, I'm, I'm Robert Gallegos, council member for District I. I represent uh, downtown Edo, most of the East End, the Hobby Airport area, and a little bit of I-10 area over there off of Maxie Federal, Federal Road and I-10. Uh, and I was born and raised in the East End. Uh, and in regards to animal welfare in the East End, uh, stray dogs have always been a problem, uh, parts of, parts of uh, District I. Uh, so that was something that I wanted to tackle. Uh, I'm a council member. Uh, so uh, five and a half years ago when I became a council member, uh, the first week that I was in office, I was uh, uh, volunteering with Barrio Dogs, one of my staff members and I, on a Saturday trying to pass out literature to pet owners to show them to be responsible pet owners. And uh, that early, early Sunday morning, uh, my staff member, the next morning, Sunday, calls me and says, Council Member, did you hear the news? I said, what's that? And he goes that uh, a lady in Limbrook Valley, which is part of my district, uh, she got mauled to death by three pit bulls early in the morning, Sunday morning. Uh, so needless to say, even though that was something I wanted to tackle as a council member, that went on the top of my list to the fact that even though it happened a week after I was in office, mm -hmm. uh, but it happened under my watch. Uh, so that way, so therefore, uh, my, a couple of my staff members and I, we ended up going to Austin uh, to tour Emancipat um, in, in Austin. Uh, and I was told by Emancipat that they had been trying to come to Houston, but had not, did not have any luck uh, coming to Houston, get the funding to come to Houston. Uh, so after touring Emancipat, it was clear that they're a great organization. They provide low cost or free spay neutering. Uh, so they were saying it was gonna cost about $250,000 uh, to bring their gooseneck clinic to Houston. Uh, so I worked with former council member Ed Gonzalez. Uh, and um, with our district service funds, I was able to, to give 100,000. Ed Gonzalez put in 150,000 uh, or put in 100, and then uh, Council Member Pennington, who represents uh, the Memorial City area uh, in West Houston, they don't have a problem with stray dogs. Mm -hmm. But I always give credit to Council Member Pennington because he didn't have to do it, but he gave $10,000 out of his district service funds. So we had the money in order to bring a man's pet to Houston. Uh, so they, therefore they brought the, their gooseneck clinic they uh, uh, manned it with the technicians and the vets and what have you, and they were stationed at Ripley House on Navigation in, in, in District H, which was Council Member Ed Gonzalez's district at the time, but right on the border of my district. Uh, so they were there for over a year. 
uh, and very successful to the point that they now have a brick and mortar clinic in my district uh, right there off the Lawndale and Wayside near Gus Wortham Golf Course. Uh, and I understand they're in the process within the next two months to open their second clinic uh, over there off of Monroe and the Gulf Freeway, and they'll be providing dental care also at the second clinic. What year was that, whenever all this got started? I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, I can't recall offhand, but I believe it was uh, probably 2015 or so, mm. 2015, 2016, uh, when, when, when they opened, the, or when they brought the uh, Gooseneck Clinic to Houston. How big of a difference has it made? Have you seen? It's on. You can go to Emancipet on on a Saturday morning, for example, uh, and you'll see a number of individuals that are in line to bring their their dogs to get wellness or spayed and neutered. Uh, so it, the word's getting around that, that this is a clinic that for those that can't afford taking their dog or cat to a, a regular uh, regular vet. Uh, the word's getting around that Emancipate's uh, another alternative to take your dogs and cats to. I know that you've had a lot of good feedback with that, and... Uh, well, we were talking about, before we went on camera, you were saying um, a lot of people will, they want to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. But if it's a choice of <clears throat> feeding their family or paying their electricity bill or paying their rent, mm -hmm. they're going to choose, you know to do the right. earlier they're not going to choose to go spend hundreds of dollars to get their pet fixed what do you think the gap there that we can do more on right yeah and, and that's what i pointed out to former mayor parker and this past week at my pop-off on city council uh, after the council session i mentioned the uh, healthy pets healthy streets that we had in district i this past saturday mm -hmm. uh, at ingrando park uh, i was i got there close to nine o'clock in the morning uh, Saturday morning and there was a long line of individuals there just to get a voucher to get their dog and cat spayed and neutered uh, and I was told that there was people in line as of four o'clock that morning you That's know crazy. waiting for their yeah. voucher uh, and I was told that there by, by nine o'clock they already had given about 200 vouchers to two pet owners uh, so I'm I've made it I had made it clear to Mayor Parker and I've made it clear to Mayor Turner that People will do the right thing, and we can provide them with the service of getting their dogs and cats spayed and neutered. Uh, but like you stated, if, if if they have to pay their rent or their gas bill or feed their kids, that's what they're going to do. They're not yeah. going to spend their money to take their dog and cat to get spayed and neutered. But if we can provide that service, they will do the right thing. And, and, and that's a solution to try to cut back these, the stray dogs that are just roaming our streets. Mm -hmm. yeah. You've worked a lot with barrio dogs as well, mm -hmm. right? And now Unity, uh, Unity for Solutions and Big Fix Houston. Right. Um, do you see more of an engagement from the community regarding animal welfare? Yes, uh, in, in, we have 11 council districts in the city of Houston. Now I'm one of the council members that represents one of the 11 council districts. And after looking at all this way back when, when we were trying to get a man's pet to Houston, um, it seemed like out of the 11, there was five council districts that have this problem with, with, with uh, stray dogs. Uh, so again, Emancipate's gonna be opening their second clinic and I believe they are hoping to ha have a total of three clinics, you know. Uh, but knowing that a second clinic is soon, to, is soon coming on board, uh, is only going to add and help uh, in regards to addressing the stray dog problem in the city of Houston 
And when I go to civic club meetings, for example, uh, again, I, I don't have this problem through my whole district. There's just certain pockets in my mm -hmm. district that I have this problem with stray dogs. So if, it, if I happen to be at a civic club meeting where, I'm, uh, where this pocket's at, uh, that's one issue a resident may bring to my attention as council member, you know, what are you doing about stray dogs? Mm -hmm. You know, um, well, there was one instance like I had mentioned, I was on my way to a meeting one morning and there was this pack of about five dogs. And I mean, I was in my car, <laughs> my windows were rolled up and I was just, because it was hot and I had my air conditioning on, but there was no way I was gonna open that door and just walk to, because mm -hmm. those dogs look mean. Uh, and they were coming close to an elementary school, you know, so uh, I got a hold of, I was, like I said, I was on my way to a meeting, so I got a hold of one of my staff members. Uh, they in turn called Bark uh, to try to get that address. And at that meeting, I brought it up to the person who I was meeting with, and she told me on her way to work, she had saw the same pack of dogs a few blocks away on her way to work. So, um, you know, it, it's things like that that we have to address. Mm -hmm. We also know that you were a big reason why Bark got a, the city of Schlesser got a, what was it, 2.5 million? I believe, it was two, I believe it was two four two point five million increase uh, around 2014 2015 uh, this is back when mayor Parker was the mayor mm -hmm. um, uh, an issue that we've had is that bark was saying that they didn't have the funding like they sh that, that they really needed uh, so that was something that I had placed and, and my colleagues at that time voted in, in, in favor of an increase for bark uh, which helped but I mean more funding is needed uh, but it did help. How much of a difference has it made? Because I know since then, you still get a lot of people calling with strays, but have you actually seen a big difference in the stray population there? I, I think it, it, it has helped uh, in the sense that, um, I mean, you still see strays, mm -hmm. but not as much as you used to. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm hoping in time this will be a solution. I mean, you have other um, rescue groups and welfare groups you know, for, for dogs uh, that come in also to help. Uh, so I'm hoping that uh, with, the, with the change in the county, uh, you know, uh, and, 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 and hopefully the county and the city will work together uh, to try to address this. Uh, because as you know, dogs don't know boundaries yeah. between the city and the county. Uh, so we need a partnership between the city and the county to address this problem. Cause uh, the county's having the same thing in unincorporated areas. Agreed. Mm -hmm. yeah, a big problem. Mm -hmm. So we were talking earlier before we went on camera about um, the incoming calls and how Bark um, places urgency as far as mm -hmm. what calls you know get um, right. priority and who gets actually serviced. What do you think about that? Right. I, I, like I had mentioned, when when the resident from from uh, District I that was mauled to death by the three pit bulls, um, pet bulls. Um, my staff and I, we went and toured Bark uh, because I was trying to figure out, okay, how does Bark work? Uh, so we went and toured Bark, uh, and they have this big old board on the wall when they're taking calls. And if someone calls and says, there's a dog that's walking on my street, you know, I'm reporting this dog, this stray walking on my street, well, it goes on that board. But throughout the day, if somebody else calls in and says there's this mean dog right outside an elementary school, then that's going to go on top of that first call. And then if, 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 if a constable's office calls in and says, we're about to evict somebody from an apartment and there's a dog in that apartment, I need y'all to come and get this dog, then they're going to put that on, that, on top of that person that called saying there, there was a dog just walking on their street. 
And that's why when I go to civic club meetings, sometimes a resident will say, well, I've called Bark to come and pick up a dog that's on my street, but no one ever comes. Well, mm -hmm. it's because it just works its way down that list. We get that a lot from people, you know, from the uh, rescue community saying that Bark doesn't mm -hmm. actually respond to these calls. And recently, uh, this case in mm -hmm. your district uh, where that chip and snip took in, uh, Riker, he was found, and we showed you the pictures mm -hmm. that very bad condition. and. That's one of the things we wanted to ask, or just see what the problem in miscommunication was. Yeah. Someone, how many people saw the dog mm -hmm. and either called Bark or didn't know who to call or didn't you know. care or didn't yeah. know what to do. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, there's some areas in the district that people unfortunately go and and just dump mm -hmm. dogs. You know, uh, and and it's very sad. You know that that people will do something like that. And, you know, unfortunately these dogs are just there and they start roaming the street and, you know, and, and people, like you said, don't care to even report. Uh, but it needs to be reported. Yeah. Uh, it needs to be reported to make sure that these dogs are, 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 are given the opportunity of trying to survive. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, 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 and yeah, but it's sad that people will just go and dump dogs. And regarding that, would you be in favor for possibly increasing the penalties for you know cruelty or dumping dogs mm -hmm. yeah I would have to see if that would have to be a state issue or, or a local issue um, you know if, if it's a, a state issue in regards to the penalty uh, then of course we would have to work with our legislature uh, but if it's a city issue that we can do something like that then yeah definitely yeah because I don't even think a lot of people know that we have the Harris County uh, cruelty task force mm -hmm. you know it's just that information is not out there right right yeah yeah, I know that uh, there was supposed to be a summit between the county and the city, um, and I'm not sure if that ever happened. It did. It was then. in 2017, the story I was telling you about okay. before we went. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, a bunch of different people in the rescue community, at least 75 people got up and spoke, and, you know, it was Ed Emmett, Dr. White, the shelter of Harris County, Greg mm -hmm. Damienoff, Director of Bark, and Mayor Turner. And it really, all these different rescue community people got up, and we had a time limit on how long you could speak. Mm-hmm. And everybody got up, you know, kind of said their piece of what different issues different people had seen, you know, how we could work on it. And it got to the end, and it was a thanks so much for coming. Eh. <laughs> and that was it. And, you know, we never heard a follow-up as far as, you know, what Ed Emmett and Mayor Turner had talked about or, you know, either of the shelter directors had talked about as far as where are we going from here. It was a, it was great in theory. It was a great – in in um but not so great in practice yeah you know and and, 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 and to, to to work on this problem i mean we need to work together in regards to the county and the city put our resources together mm -hmm. um you know i have asked to see if there's that possibility because i i was told that the uh, texas a&m is the only college in texas that offers veterinarian mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, license and um you know so if that's the case then you know I, I would hope that the city or even the county can reach out to texas a&m students that are for veterinarian and say okay once once you are you graduate if you come and work for the city and the county mm -hmm. somehow you know we'll reduce your student loans or something mm. you know uh, for a couple of years you know 
uh, just to get them to work with immense, but to get them to work with Bart, to get to work with with the county. And there's a huge uh, veterinary yeah. shortage. A lot of people don't right. realize there's a shortage of vets. Right to to, to address the you know spay and neutering you know uh, because what I'm told is that when 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 you when immense but does have a vet. I mean that that's just a, 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 a lot of time and spent, you know, on, on the spay and neutering all day long mm-hmm. to yeah. the point that oh, they yeah. just get burned out. Yeah. yeah. Uh so we need to bring in more vets. Uh and I think if we can work together and maybe offer something to the graduate saying, Okay, you come and you do this for a couple of years, mm-hmm. you know, you get your, your your student loans reduced or something. Um, you know, I I'm hoping something like that could be worked out. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the other things I always, always love to bring up is the Hispanic community because there's not a lot of literature mm-hmm. on the resources available now. And what district I is about 44% Hispanic? 44%. Well, actually, it's close to 80%. Is it now? Is it? We were looking yeah. at 2017 numbers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would. Yeah. 80%, that's a lot. I mean, do you feel like there's a big barrier for the language, you know, in just the. A lot of the literature is printed in only English. English as far as like now Barrio Dogs and there's a couple other yeah. groups that do a really great yeah. job of translating things but we've seen sometimes with different mm-hmm. um, things it's like the people that need this you know don't even mm-hmm. aren't, aren't seeing it because it's you know not in the language that they can understand do you think that there's a gap there do you what do you think is well like you said Barrio Dogs and other groups uh, you know they, they do provide bilingual literature but uh, yeah I mean it, 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 it would be a lot it would be helpful if other organizations also provide the bilingual mm-hmm. uh, you know, literature and services. Uh, and that's something that uh, I'm assuming BARC is doing. Uh, you know, I'll have to double check, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they are. Because uh, due to the fact that, again, in my district, nearly 80% of the population is Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a, or, or at least getting the. Well, the word was the word was out there in regards to last Saturday's uh, healthy pets, healthy streets. Because, mm-hmm. like yeah. I said, there was a long line of individuals, you know, of, of people there wanting to right. do the right yeah. thing. Yeah, wanting to do that right thing. Uh, and, and, and like I said, they started at four o'clock in the morning, try, arriving to get mm-hmm. in line to try to get their voucher. Um, and, and and not only last Saturday, I mean, this has happened before when other healthy pets, healthy streets events. Same thing. People are in line. People get there early trying to get that voucher. Uh, so, again, the city and the county need to put their resources together to provide this service of getting, their, getting dogs spayed and neutered. I mean, that, that's one of the main things that needs to be done to address this issue. Yeah. We brought up before we went on um, that the response that we've kind of gotten sometimes is, oh, we want to focus on, you know, the practical problem of, too many animals and the way that sometimes the city has done that is by focusing on adoptions they pulled money from uh, the spay and neuter programs to focus on focus on adoptions um, and it seems like you're on the exact same page as the rescue mm-hmm. community saying the solution is mm-hmm. the practical problem is too many animals and how we fix that is spay and right. neuter and getting it where it's needed mm-hmm. and low or free to the residents that need yeah, it yeah and, and I've been told by the rescue groups that one issue or the reason why Houston has this problem is because of our weather. I mean, it mm-hmm. doesn't get That's that a cold. Big, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. get that cold like up in the north. Uh, so if you're just going to be providing adoption services, mm-hmm. you're never going to tackle this. Yeah. You know, you need to do the spay and neutering. Yeah. You know, so uh, that's something, again, that I'll, I'll be pushing. Uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm up for re-election in uh, uh, so the next four years. 
I will be pushing that to see what we can do to improve that. Is there any way we can get more education on animal welfare in the schools? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, and just getting them a pass for veterinary, you know, services or something mm -hmm. like that. Well, I know Barrio Dogs does go into the schools mm -hmm. too, and they do it in English and Spanish to yeah. try to educate the, the kids. And, and, and I totally agree. I mean, we need to go into the elementary schools and the middle schools and let them know the importance of getting your dog and cat spayed and neutered. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, so that way they can in turn take it back to their parents and their grandparents and let them know, hey, you know, we need to take our dog to get spayed and neutered. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, yeah, definitely. I mean, educational is, is one main issue also that we need to make sure that we address in, in going into schools uh, to, to educate the kids so that way they can go back and educate the parents and the grandparents. I don't know, we, we're, we keep saying dogs, but it's not just dogs, right? We have uh, everything, animal welfare encompasses everything. So right. have you seen any other animals in need in your district? Because I know mine, uh, District B, we have horses and, mm -hmm. you know, just uh, <laughs> a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other uh, animals that you've been told about? Well, I mean, feral cats. Uh, you know, we, we, we have our fair share of feral cats in the district as well. Uh, um, and, and some horses, but yeah, I think uh, District B has their fair share of horses, what I hear. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> one of the things we like to bring up is just the horse carriages in downtown. And mm -hmm. I know this is not in your district, but we still like to, you know, push for better treatment of animals. Um, these uh, horses have been workhorses you know eight hours a day no food or water and the water that they're given is filled with chlorine or well, they pulled it from the aquarium like in a bucket it's it's chlorinated water that mm -hmm. you know it would you know there's some groups that want it banned completely i don't think we're at that point yet um as far as just you know world culture not just houston mm -hmm. but i just i don't think we're at that point but yeah. there are current ordinances that are being broken completely violated the horses have sores on their legs and mm -hmm. aren't giving fresh water and one of the um, groups that went out there they were told by um, the horse carriage driver that the reason why they couldn't give them fresh water they couldn't carry it on board is because it was too heavy and the amount of water that they would need weighed less than this big generator they had for all these lights mm. on board and we go <laughs> do you really not have is it that it weighs too much or is mm -hmm. it just that you know you're, you've got a different focus you want you know your carriage lit up and you don't really care about the care of the horses we kind of you know mm -hmm. I, I, what do you think how do you think the the ordinances that are already being broken how could that be enforced if you know bark has been called and that sort of thing and it's an obvious violation who was it that said that they had noted that it had been violent like it was somebody with the city greg travis greg travis said that yeah. it was mm -hmm. noticeable um violations yeah what can we do to get those things that are already being um violated actually well, enforced I know that uh, there were some uh, speakers at public session. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this, this past one. Yeah, I think it was this week or maybe last week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I know that uh, Council Member Travis did state that he would like to look into it to see uh, regarding the ordinances mm -hmm. of, of uh, the, the uh, uh, making sure that the horses are treated right. Uh, so he's going to be looking into that. Um, you know, in, in regards to if there's any violations. I'm not aware of. No one has brought any violations to my attention. Uh, but again, Councilmember Travis said he was going to be looking to mm -hmm. that. So uh, hopefully, Follow to find him. out yeah. to find out if there are uh, any concerns, and if so, then we need to, of course, we need to address them. The reason we bring it up is just because a lot of people didn't know that this was even a problem. That mm -hmm. horse carriages are still going on, 
And I'm sure that there's different things in your district that are happening. Again, just like this, this dog here, Riker, mm-hmm. you know, they're uh, going on and just don't really know. Because, mm-hmm. again, they don't know how to and go about it. And it's pockets yeah. of things and some things you just, you know, you don't mm-hmm. see in your normal day-to-day. Yeah. I... I mean, I, I, I heard the individuals when they came and spoke and said they're concerned about the horses pulling carriages. Mm-hmm. But my, I, I feel like that my concern on that also is the horses were, are they being kept? I mean, for example, exactly. there's, I, I, there's somewhere along the freeway, you're going down the freeway and you see these horses and it's, it, it, it's hot as anything outside mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they have no cover. Yeah. They're yeah. just standing there. Exactly. You know, now that's cruelty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're just standing there. I in mean, the heat. They, they have yeah. no shed or anything. I've seen it in the rain. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and it, for me, that's what needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because, uh, I mean, I can imagine, I mean, you know, one of us just standing out there all day long. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, that, that, that's what needs to be addressed, in my opinion. Yeah. So with the recent flooding that occurred, no, your, your district, it doesn't really flood. But in certain areas. Yeah, we, 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 have, we have our uh, so, some areas that were impacted by Hurricane Hardy. Uh, this last flood of uh, this, this week, luckily, uh, you know, we had a few houses that got impacted, but uh, um, uh, not, not like some other areas. Uh, and then in Hurricane Harvey, a little bit of our northeast part of the district got impacted, and a little bit of, of an area close to Almeda Mall got impacted. Uh, but overall, we did fairly well. What we're running into is the uh, there are not many shelters, public city shelters, that emergency, right, that take in animals. Mm-hmm. And people were being forced to leave their animals behind, you know, by first responders. And yeah. how can we... Bridge train, that gap. Yeah. I mean, my suggestion is, you know, after we've already had two or three 500-year floods, we need to figure out exactly where, where were these floods impacting the city to try to find a location within that area uh, that hopefully, again, it's a partnership between the county and the city uh, to provide shelter for animals, you know, for dogs and cats when, 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 when a flooding like that does happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would think, you know, if, if it is a partnership between the county and the city, then it'd be somewhere that in the city but close to unincorporated Harris County so that way residents that live in the county can also come and, and leave their dogs at, at a shelter. Uh, so that's something that we would have to address to figure out where the lo- where a best location would be at. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think during Hurricane Harvey, uh, NRG didn't they provide mm-hmm. a section in there for dogs? It was originally they were not, and uh, then Ed Emmett came in and said, "Okay, we've got to do something." You know, these people are standing outside yeah. on the streets, you know, with their dogs, and basically forced the hand of, "No, mm-hmm. we've got to let people come with their dogs," which. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it makes sense, and we were in a discussion whenever, what day was it, whenever the flood happened? Was it Thursday? Yeah. Thursday. So Friday, we, we made a post, Rob made a post on his page about, okay, you know, or is this a widespread issue? Are we seeing this happen a lot? Does anyone know the names of the shelters that accept animals or not? And um, people pointed out that there are federal laws. There's a federal law that was passed after, um, what was it, the hurricane in Louisiana? 13 years yeah, ago, right? Yeah. So um, there was a federal law, but it was very broad, and it really just kind of touched on FEMA and said Mm -hmm. FEMA has to help the lower-level governments be better prepared to take care of animals, Mm -hmm. you know, very broad. And then there's a state one that – but it only, once again, covers shelters. It doesn't cover first responders having to pick up animals. Mm -hmm. So, like, 
you know, they go to a home and there's, it's great to have it to where they have a place to go, but if they're not being picked up in the first place, mm. it kind of defeats the purpose. Right. You know, I don't know what the... And then there's people saying that there should be a penalty for leaving your dog behind, but again... And other states have done that too. Meg, right. come here. Mm. Smack then, her. <laughs> and then people don't know that a lot of times they're being forced to leave them behind, so... Mm. In other states, I think it's in Florida that um, if you leave your animal behind in a disaster, you're fined. There's a big fine for it. But it's so funny because we were going, other states, yeah. you know, you get fined. And in Texas, you're being forced to leave them behind in some mm. instances. Mm. We just go, where is the gap? And we probably yeah. need to do more research as far as what's right. been successfully done mm-hmm. in um, other states as far as laws. But I do think you're right. It probably does. That does need to be done at the state level instead of mm-hmm. the sti- city level. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, that's my suggestion is to try to make sure that the state, um, you know, s- sets up a, a state law uh, so that way it applies throughout the whole state. Because mm-hmm. unfortunately in the past, when a municipality does provide a city ordinance, the state can come back and say, well, why did you it's do that? You, you, you had no authority to do that. So, you know, we're, 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 we're removing it, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, so all that work and effort that was put in, yeah. the state comes in and says you, you don't have no authority Can't to do, do that. that. Yeah. yeah. So I think the solution would to try to work in the state to make sure that they cover the whole state, mm-hmm. uh, and that way we know that everyone is going to follow the same law. Mm-hmm. And we brought yeah. that up. You said the same sort of thing about SB two nine five because mm-hmm. there's been we've talked about it on almost every one of these sessions is making a local version of SB two nine five, which is basic shelter, water, and mm-hmm. length of chain, but you once again said that it's great in theory, no. would it be um, able to be, would it accomplish anything if the state were to come in? And right, yeah, because I know y'all had pointed out that there was a state legislator yeah. that, mm-hmm. that was uh, against that, uh, right. and, and trying to keep that from happening in the state. And mm-hmm. did. Uh, yeah, so so if, if a municipality would pass it, and then you have these legislators that are saying, you have no authority mm-hmm. to do this, and we're going, we're going to take that authority away from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, then all that work and effort, you know, yeah. just went out it's the window. Yeah. 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 All right. I think we covered everything. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. So we just want to say thank you so much again for meeting with us. I mean, again, you're not our district mm-hmm. leader, but we but really But you're talking to a lot yeah. of people. And you've done well, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and hope you continue to do a lot. Well, thank you so much. Looking forward to it. Appreciate you coming out. If you guys have any questions, please let us know. Thanks so much again for tuning in to this episode of Candid Conversations.